Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to a special edition of Archivist Bets on Sexy Witches, a podcast from the Geek Girls perspective, and I am the head entrance going alone for a little while today, but I won't be completely alone because I have a very special guest tonight, and it was so important to have this person on that we've decided to have a special day, Sunday, 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 but that's not all. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, we'll also be joined by our co-host later on in the podcast, um, the son of celluloid, the dirty southern sorcerer, sorcerer himself, Nathan Hamilton, as we recap our summer death coverage of the Unholy Warfare uh, death matches in North Carolina, as well as our road trip to the Trippers Amusement Park in Ocean City, Maryland, one of the oldest and most vintage amusement parks in the country. But first, let me bring on my guest tonight. This is person normally resides in, I believe, in the Los Angeles area, and was introduced to me by one of my uh, good friends, J.K., very much a good friend of the show. Um, as, as a lot of people know, I owe a lot to J.K., because when I went on my very first press pass, Days of Atlanta, he kind of took me under his wing and taught me how to interview people, but more importantly, how to book guests. So, (laughs) very, very important thing when you're a podcaster is how to get people to agree to say yes to your show. But this is a lot easier because this time, JK to me and said, I have a lovely person I would love you to talk to, and I'm going to bring them on right now. They are uh, one of the uh, operators of the Horrible Imaginings Film Festival, which will happen on September 2nd through the 6th, coming up, so next weekend. So please welcome to the show the very lovely, sexy witch herself, Lauren Cup. Welcome to the Sexy Witches. I'm bringing you on right now. Ooh, yeah. Welcome to the show. Oh, my gosh. Hello. Hello. Can you hear me okay? Yes, I can hear you just fine, my dear. How are you doing today? Awesome. Doing well. How are you? Ah, well, I don't want to get into it because it's actually a rather dark and bleak story, but I actually have COVID-19. Oh, right my now. goodness. Yeah, no, it's been... This last couple of days have been kind of hell for me, but I'm really glad because I'm feeling, as you can tell, a little bit better. Thank goodness for vaccines, ladies and gentle witches. Um, yeah. and, um, snap for vaccines. I, Big snaps for vaccines. Yep, yep. Take the vaccine. Believe me, you want it. Uh, so, uh, but that's it's not about me. This is about you, Miss Lauren. And thank you for coming on the show. And this will be a 
step towards my recovery is getting me back on my podcast game. So I do appreciate that. So um, you're normally out of the Los Angeles area, is that correct? Like Orange County? Uh, yeah, so I'm actually up in L.A. Um, the rest of my crew, you know, for Horrible Imaginings, is kind of all over the place. We um, mostly are down in Orange County, but um, I'm calling in tonight from my childhood bedroom in Colorado. Wow. I, I used to live for a while in Colorado. I lived in Aurora, you know, outside Denver. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so, so I'm, I'm near Aurora right now. Um in uh, Commerce City, Brighton area, which is more near Aurora than um, anything. I so. know where Commerce City is exactly. Um, uh, do yeah. you, can you remember when they, I don't even know if it's still there or not, but there was a Greyhound track in Commerce City. When there, that was like when, Oh, there was, wasn't there? Yeah, it was really creepy. <laughs> so, I mean, you're, you're talking about kind of anything in Commerce City, and, like, back then it all was kind of, like, run-down <laughs> creepy things. They're, trying, oh, they're but, trying so hard to, like, revamp the town, but. But you know what, though? But creepy things are our jam, right? So. Oh, yeah, no, def- it, definitely. Yeah, so it's all it's, good. It's coming, uh, yeah, it's coming full circle because I used to, uh, I used to, like, hate horror movies. My mom loved them, hated them. Um, so it's really weird being back in this like space where I like, like, it's all like princesses and like pink walls and everything. And I'm like, I definitely am not that way now. I love horror and everything. And it's coming back. My daughter at four years old looked at me at one point with these really worried eyes and goes, mama, I have something to tell you. I'm like, what? She goes, I like spooky and pink. Is that all right? And I'm like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Right. And she's, she's, um, I'm just now, she just turned 11, so we're now just starting to show her some of the horror movies I love. Like, I showed her Evil Dead 2 recently, and Carrie, you know, she's to that age, I can show her that stuff now, and it's really exciting to be able to share That's R-rated great. films with my daughter. Um, so, and matter of fact, you are a programmer of festival. What do you do exactly for Horrible Imaginings? And please talk about the festival and what, what it, because well, obviously it's a horror festival, so I really love the yeah. creepy stuff. Uh, but it's, I've noticed, I, I looked at the lineup because, you know, I try to do my homework. Uh, sometimes I don't do so well. So I apologize if I don't know That's everything okay. tonight. I had a really long week. <laughs> so, oh, um, understandable. That's totally fine. <laughs> but um, it's a very diverse card. So what is Horrible Imaginings? What is the theme? What is the idea of it? And what do you try to showcase for this festival? What makes you stand out than other horror festivals? And there's quite a few in the LA area. Oh, yeah, there are, there are a ton. Um, so I'll just start out with Horrible Imaginings is a film festival that has been in the San Diego, Orange County area for about 12 years. Um, they just moved up to, in the past couple of years, to the Frida Cinema, so that's our home now. Um, and I've been working with them since uh, last year when the panorama hit. <laughs> um, and um, it was a, how I found out about it was it was a place where independent cinema, independent horror was being shown. And there was no other place where I could you know, find like a certain film I wanted to see or follow a certain actor that did an indie film. Um, And then as I, you know, got more into independent cinema, more into horror, knew um, our director, um, Miguel, 
um, for the festival. He's been doing a one-man show for a really long time. Just The more I um, attended the festival, the more I was like, oh, they really do care about, like, the community, not only around um, horror, but independent horror cinema. Um, short films especially, we have a big um, push for short films. So not only do we do our big festivals, September 2nd through the 5th, um, but um, we also do quarterly campfire tales, which are weekend-long events where we just uh, show blocks of short films and have discussions. Um, so that's one difference that we're known for. We're also, I want to say, we're known for being that outreach to the community, providing, you know, different cinema, not only from different parts of California and the United States, but also around the world. Um, we have our first film from Kuwait this year. We have some Canada, Australia, um, our best friend, you know, some of our, some of our, um, um, some of our, Sorry, wow, mind fart. Um, you know, South Asia, some South Asian films. Um, we kind of just everywhere. I'm trying to think of specific places, but there's so many now that I can't really name all of them. It's been really cool to have this virtual format to have all these films kind of come for us. Well, and and there is a virtual aspect to this particular festival. You're, it's not just at the Frida, even though Frida is an adorable venue. Um, you know, it's, 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 um, it's also virtual online, uh, and to accommodate people that can't necessarily make it to LA this year. Yeah. So we started that last year. That's how mm-hmm. I became involved. Um, because I was in LA and they were in free to cinema. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going to drive all the way down there in a pandemic. Um, can I help you online? Um, and it turned out to be a very cool experience. Um, we had to solve for a lot of um, community-based events. So how do we get the community revolved around virtual? How do we still show films in a personal and immersive way without having them be in the theater? Um, so, we, you know, we have Eventive. You're able to not only watch the films this year um, in the theater with us, which we're so happy to, you know, see people back, but um, – we're able to bring that experience back. They'll get um, people will get access to our panels and the Q and A's. Um, last year, we were able to do things like a virtual Frida lobby, quote unquote, where we held Zooms every day from like 12 to 2 and had people um, come just chat with other filmmakers, audience chats, you know, just really just like you know shoot the shoot the breeze while. Um, to just simulate that experience. So, and we found it really successful. So there is no, besides, you know, ongoing concerns about our environment and our health and safety, um, there's no real reason to, you know, to kick virtual out. We're going to kind of keep it, you know, for the, for the long run if we find it to be, you know, as successful. Well, great. I'm, I'm hoping you do. And it's, you know, it's so glad though. Uh, so you're going to be there. Are you going to be there in person at, at the, at the festival or are you still doing a virtual it this year? I'm going to be there. So um, I'm going to drop my dog off at the border <laughs> and I'm kind of um, going to go to the Frida cinema to spend, spend a really good weekend there. I'm really excited. 
I, I'm excited for you. So, so the, this is your first year. I, I was reading your bio, and you're you're, you're really more the social. It's a talked about social media, um, media communicator. So, are you you're pushing out like the Facebooks and the Twitters and all of that stuff, and obviously reaching out to podcasts, and things along those lines. Yeah. So that's oh, what you yeah. do here. That's what I do. So we have we have a team of me and. Um, and another person named Sarah, who's, we're just like up the powerhouse of the social media team right now. And it's been, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's been super important to push that out, especially when we can't, you know, be in person or like putting flyers everywhere, which we, which um, was a thing that we used to do. Um, and we've been so happy to do it because um, now that, now that we have like dedicated teams, we can communicate and put deadlines on and you know, all you know, all the boring kind of like business stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But it's been it's been really great to you know collaborate with people and um, and say okay, if we need to put all of these films out into socials. How do we do that? So we found that we could animate the posters and animate um, some stills of the film. Filmmakers started losing their minds because it looked so cool. We were losing our minds like creating it. Cool. Um, so and just create, yeah, we animated our poster. Um, we have a we're getting um, song recommendations for our Spotify because we have a Spotify now. We have Letterbox, Discord. We're getting more out there on socials so we can exist more virtually than we do in person. We can exist both places. <laughs> Speaking of Discord, I literally opened my very first Discord account today. Congratulations! <laughs> Come join us. <laughs> My daughter. It's like the only way to communicate with her, really. Like, yeah, know. I have uh, three little brothers, and that's the only way they communicate. <laughs> it's a thing, right? So, yeah. So yeah, it's pretty funny. Yeah, and so anyway, I digress. I just thought you might find that amusing. So, um, so you know, I mean, everyone's so, gotten on it. I mean, we're. I'm barely on TikTok. I I should be, but I'm, I'm not. I I'm you know I totally appreciate TikTok, and I will tell you, I think some of those kids on TikTok are mad smart and are are socially aware, and they're beautiful kids. But once again, I want to push this thing, kids. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it is kids. Uh, there are not a lot of are not a lot of twenty uh, somethings that are not cringy on there. They're, I, you know, I, I, I am much older than that. So, um, you know, Facebook is my, is my space. I'm good there. I'm happy. Um, <laughs> so, um, but, but Facebook is just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. I got TikTok. I mean, there's, how do you keep up, especially a little festival? How do you keep up with all the platforms that are out there? And it keeps like, seems like exponentially growing every year. Yeah, I mean, and they're changing. So Facebook has changed like eleven times in the past two years. Yeah, and the way you and the way you, the way you post and the way you do stuff is so different. Um, like Instagram, Instagram, like in the past two three months, pretty much told its creators like, "Hey, photos won't work anymore. You have to do video now." Yeah, I remember that. That was kind of disastrous. Just a little bit. Um, <laughs> So that's why we turned to animating um, film posters to make like 15, 20 second little videos of everyone's film. That's so cool. Just to and see it worked. Would, just to see if that would work. Yeah, just to see if that would work. It worked 
you know, worked with, you know, more more often than not, it was uh, engaging. Everything looked really cool. I was really excited about that. Um, and we're making, you know, we're, I don't know. I'm, I'm always thinking up new strategies. Like maybe we do, you know, personalized filmmaker posts or we, we talk to our crew because we're so, we're so known as being like under Miguel. Like we have such a cool team. Let's, let's introduce everyone to our team. You know, um, what, what do they like? What are their favorite films? All of this stuff. There's just, there's endless possibilities with social media and there, there's no real limit except to, you know, what Facebook deems us, deems us correct or incorrect, you know, I don't even know. Well, I always like Facebook a little bit more than um, some of the others because like Twitter is like a, it's just a, a str- endless stream of matrix numbers. Like you're just throwing pebbles into the water and hoping someone sees yeah. a ripple. You know, Facebook, you can, I, I, I have an audience that I know and I can manage it a little bit better. Um, but I also developed the audience before I actually created the podcast. So I kind of did it ass backwards. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I was more of a, a social media butterfly than actually. And then I started saying, you know what? I can start generating content. <laughs> Completely capable of doing it. So, and, and then it changed my life because then I became, uh, I started working for horror conventions and doing panels and, 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 and I'm now a filmmaker. You know, it, 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 it does happen. Social media is, is a useful tool. And people, it, I always tell people it's the best and worst of everything. Of course. So, yeah. I, I agree with that. It's what there you was, make um, of it. Oh, definitely. There's an app that came out last year, I believe, Clubhouse. Have you heard of Clubhouse? Vaguely. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah, so basically, it, well, and now they have, like, basically Clubhouse, but on Twitter now, which is not a novel idea, but now it's just on Twitter. Um, okay. I was on Clubhouse. I found out about Clubhouse from one of my influencer friends who works with, you know, kid TikTok stars. Kids. Um, she was on TikTok, and it was all just talking about marketing and business and Bitcoin. So I'm like, I don't, I don't care. I'm not on this app. A couple months later, Jed Shepard gets on the app, the director of, uh, of Host, gets on the app and starts pretty much the entire horror community on Clubhouse. So I was hooked. I was talking to, I was talking to Barbara Crampton. I was talking to, you know, Jed. I was talking to all these horror filmmakers. And so we started. Well, should uh, horrible imaginings get on in on this? And I mean, that's how we found. I think that's how we found Melissa Vox, who ended up doing music for us. Is how we found uh, people, you know, more filmmakers to uh, come and submit stuff for us. We have two, we have a couple of submissions from people we met on TikTok, like, or, or I mean, Clubhouse, sorry. Um, <laughs> and that, I mean, that was a good six months and then I doing it because I couldn't keep up with another app, but <laughs> it, it worked for what it needed to do during a pandemic when everyone couldn't get together and talk. And you were talking to some awesome people. Isn't Barbara Crumpton, like, amazing? <laughs> like, oh, my God, I love her so much. I, I, I got I to meet her, her once so myself. So do I. I absolutely. I mean, who doesn't love Barbara Crampton, really? Seriously. Yeah. So every oh my God. I um, I took my mom to Estes Park for because they were showing like 
30th anniversary of Reanimator. Oh, nice. Um, up at up in Estes Park for something called the Stanley Film Fest, and um, it was the first time I was going to show my mom that movie, and it was in this tiny theater in the middle of tiny downtown Estes Park. Um, you know, and and I'm in the you know I'm I'm in the park theater and I see Barbara Crampton. I'm like, oh my god, Barbara! <laughs> and I, my me so long. And then later we're in the Stanley Hotel and we're getting in the elevator and I'll never forget this that we're in the elevator and the doors open and there's Stuart Gordon just standing there. Oh, I got to meet him too. He was one of the first people I ever met at a horror convention. Um, oh my so god! Here, freaking hero, right? I mean. Uh, I, I cried Honestly, when he, uh, seriously I totally cried when he died I oh, he, like I said he was such a sweetie was, um that was rough. all of them I've now met everybody but one of the people from reanimator but you know Stuart Gordon and his wife I met Carolyn his wife but dolls is my favorite movie by him by the way um I that's, finally okay, finally watched dolls this year it took me I'm still going through like a very like beginner's handbook guide of horror films because there's some that I've skipped and Dolls is one of them. Dolls is fantastic. It it's so unsung and people clump it in with the Puppet Master movies and it's nothing like that at all. Uh-uh. And, and I keep telling people, no, 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 you got to watch this on its own terms. It's closer to Reanimator and um, from beyond. Matter of fact, it was shot in the same house. So uh, you know I. <gasps> That's, so that is completely right, isn't it? Oh, I'm a nerd. Oh we, uh, we could geek out on horror on this show. We might a little bit before I let you go because, um, yeah, you know, th- this here. is a pop culture show. So we're here to <laughs> pop culture it, if you know what I'm saying. But let's get back to the festival a little bit more. Matter of fact, let's go ahead and talk yeah, about yeah, lineup. You want to talk about lineup? Uh, lineup. Oh, my God. So I'm always excited about short films. Yeah. Um, I always want to talk about short films. So we always have um, we always have short films that are like themed in different blocks. We'll have short films in front of um, you know in front of our in front of films sometimes. But like the, the the thing I'm always excited about, which is not the features, I'm always excited about everything. Um, <laughs> I'm super excited about. Um, some of the I'm trying to find the schedules I can just like tell you um there's one that absolutely sounds out like buck wild and it's I think it's called a the failed trust show, show, showcase which yes is, I wanted to talk to you about that one in particular actually please do um Be- no, I have not seen any of these yet because I am not a programmer, but just absorbing all of the art and everything, like, they just sound so cool. And there's one that's also, like, really batshit crazy. There's one called, like, The Curse of Pizza Mike. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay. If that title alone does not get you to watch a short film blog, I don't know what will. There, um, I'm very attracted to titles, so... <laughs> I want to thank you and your team for choosing wisely. You chose a fellow friend of the podcast, Emily Bennett's film for the failed uh, trusts short block. It's called oh, Bed. Her, uh, yes, I'm looking at it right now. It yeah, looks amazing. Yeah, um, she did a film in February 2020 called uh, Lovers, L-D-U-R-S, and she talked about it right as it, she opened it online on um and it's a that's really worth checking out so look at that short you can find it um and oh, emily okay. bennett was 
happened to be the second to last show before quarantine. <gasps> oh my so, goodness. Okay. Yeah. So that tells you how long ago that was. And the whole lifetime ago. <laughs> A little while ago. Yeah. So, but, um, but yeah, so I'm really psyched. To, I was so excited to see her. I mean, I'm, I'm always excited if anybody gets into a film festival. I, I sit through a lot, as many as I can usually. Um, but it was really yeah. nice to see that someone chose Emily to be among y- your choices for the festival. So thank you, whoever decided that. That ruled. Uh, yeah. So, our pro- our um, programmer team, led by uh, led by Sterling and uh, Miguel, mm-hmm. um, yeah, our programming team is top top notch we also met one of our new um one of our new programmers slash our um you know major like project director um rabia we met her on clubhouse too and she's she's the most knowledgeable of uh horror films just or any film she's just the the most knowledgeable person and you can ask her anything and she'll she'll know like off the bat she's our she's our horror encyclopedia pretty much she's awesome uh, we they're definitely our kind. Uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah, you know, um, all of us in on the sexy witches. I usually have two uh, co- co- co-hosts, but this is a special episode. Um, we all are horror geeks, all of us across the board. <laughs> so uh, we some Good. of us specialize in other things like Raven, like true crime, a lot more than I do. Uh, but you know, we but and then Nathan is more like the old school like video nasty even though I also know a lot about the video nasty era as well because well, I lived yeah. in the video nasty era <laughs> so mm-hmm. you know I, I remember mean it. I'll talk I will also talk true crime like my my stepfather 30 year homicide <laughs> detective oh, I'm really? actually watching seven seasons yeah I'm actually watching criminal minds again <laughs> oh my god well, um, if I'm I have a true crime episode, I occasionally, you know, let the other sexy witches lead. I will make sure to keep you in mind to call you on and say, hey, we're talking true crime tonight. So I'll keep amazing, you in mind amazing. for that. <laughs> cool. Raven needs someone to talk with that stuff to sometimes, you know. She is my enchantress oh. of Nevermore after all. So I got to give her a prop. Oh, she's, she actually as as she's uh, doing the opposite move. She's also moving from West to East. She's moving from up um, Portland to like the Nevada. So, uh, you know, okay. So got it. Little, so, just a little bit East. Yeah. A little bit East. So it, everyone seems to be moving that way for some reason. Um, <laughs> I lived in, like, I mean, my, I lived in, I lived in Denver for a while myself. Like I said, I lived outside in Aurora, um, but I'm originally from the San Francisco Bay Area, and I'm in Maryland now. So I've seen got it. Okay, I've <laughs> been a few rounds. Uh, I actually even lived right outside of Blairstown, New Jersey. And you know what that would that signify anything to you? I just think witches <laughs> i'm always thinking well, witches but well i'm a, no no uh jk is from that area of new jersey um, oh is he really okay he yes yeah. and i live there i live I there know. anytime as you well. talk about the east coast anytime uh-huh. you talk about the east coast my 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 grandma and her cousin did a whole entire like east coast trip and all they talked about was like there's this witch place here and this witch place here and i'm like i just gotta go to the east then i didn't oh. i knew i knew jay was from a from New Jersey. I just didn't remember where. 
dang it. In the Bliss Town area. I mean, like, we should be blabbing people's addresses online. But, but the truth, it's just like I'm just saying that everyone's from everywhere, and we happen to all kind of overlap because I've been to so many places. And I used to work for the tourist industry, so I know a lot about all these places. And um, my my cousin lives down in Anaheim, so I have connections oh, down fantastic. there too. So you know, there's all this stuff going on around. And horrible imaginings is is one of those things that you know all overlaps all of us. Like you know, J.K. also has a short in the actual festival um, within the frame, which I got to see, by the way. I got to actually see it. Um, I was at the Grimesploitation Film Festival um, this year, and it played there, and he was there, and his lovely girlfriend, and, uh, you know, so that was cool. Um, and my friend had a movie playing there and won the festival. Oh, my God. We freaked out at that. <laughs> but, um, oh, my goodness. That's amazing. Yeah, I know. It's, it, it's always cool. It's like you feel like, oh, I have never knew that I love that guy so much in my life when he wins an award. You're like, oh, my God, I love you. You made it. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. How you made it. it. Oh, my God. Even though it's like a small little trophy, but it doesn't matter. It's just so geeky and fun. Anyway, film festivals are fun yeah, like a, that. It's I, the I, thought. It's the thought, right? So, yeah, is there, is there a, an awards aspect to Horrible Imaginings, or is it just a showcase? Is there voting? There is um, there is voting. Uh, There's so, voting. actually, voting will also be open for um, for online once that happens. I'm just, okay. you know, on the event of I'm seeing it, that once you unlock the videos, you'll be able to vote, and there will be um, – I can't I uh can't say exactly when, but there will be a voting component and an award component. Nice. Nice. Cool. So yeah. and it, so yeah. um so you just kind of almost kind of fell into this in a weird way, but you, it sounds like it's like definitely a direction you should be following. <laughs> this whole yeah. festival thing. I <laughs> Yeah, I fell into it. I've been um actually the reason reason how I, how I met Miguel and uh, Beth Accomando actually as well at the same time from NPR. Um, I met them because I was interested in a little musical called Reanimator the Musical and it was in LA. That's the first time I ever saw Reanimator, heard about Reanimator, who knew about Stuart Gordon at all. And that was back in like 2014, I think. <laughs> And I ended up I ended up seeing that show like three times. I followed it to Vegas. I knew Miguel also was in love with it, and you know that's how that's how I met him. So I think we were just like at a convention. We all just started singing like the Miskatonic fight song from the musical, like in the middle of the convention. And I'm like, yeah, you're good people. That's, and then I started awesome. going. Then I started going to his festival because um, my friend lived in San Diego. Um, and it always just seemed to be a genuinely good time. It never seemed it never seemed to me to be pretentious. Everyone wanted to just be friends and talk about film and talk about their experiences and everyone was on the same level. It was it was always a really great time and that's exactly how we intend to keep it. Um we're all we're all passionate nerds that just want to show and watch films. So, you know, if you're that same person, you know, come join us. I will definitely, um, definitely make people should go see Horrible Imaginings because I can guarantee you that the lineup is fantastic just from like reading what it is. And it is, there's something you're not 
you don't like, just wait. The next one will come on, and there'll be something you'll love. So that's yeah, the great just thing like about an hour. Yeah, it, 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 it really, there's something for everybody, you know, uh, and and I, I that excites me too. And so, and you really are like a hardcore Stuart Gordon fan. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I've, I've become that way, yes. I don't yeah, know why I, I mean, said that with such like disappointment. There's nothing to be disappointed about. Of course I am. Well, no, because he's dead. That's what's disappointing about it. I mean, I that is that disappointing part, yeah. Yeah, yes. But um, no, no, uh, believe me, Stuart Gordon, huge fan. Um, you know, it, more people need to see it. But you know what? I didn't even see but, I didn't see, you said you didn't see Dolls until this year. I didn't see Castle Freak until last year. Okay. Gotcha. I've never that, seen that's, it. That's, 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 part of the, that's part of the Stuart Gordon, Jeffrey Combs, Robert Crampton, like, trilogy. That's like yeah, the, I know. That's the essential trilogy right there, too. I know, I know. I mean, I saw, I've seen From Beyond before a lot of other people, but I never actually saw Castle Freak, which was so weird. And I knew Dolls by heart. Like, Dolls Dolls is one of the only films that I still get creeped out to this day watching it. And I love every minute of it. And I'm not even afraid of Dolls. I I have no fear. I was endlessly, I was endlessly charmed by Dolls until that last scene with the, uh, with the dad. (laughs) That will always, that will always just freak me the hell out. Yeah, I mean, it, it, there's some effective, like, creep factor in the movie, and it still works. I also made a gift once when, when I was learning how to play on computers and online and social media of, of her being, of the girl being smashed against the wall over and over oh, again. Oh, man. I have it still. That's I can a, show it to you. Yeah, <laughs> please send it to me. Yeah, I'll, I'll have, have to find it for everything yeah totally it works too it works such easy as it it loops so perfectly well you know so um i did a a, i have a contest in october called the halloween horror movie marathon madness and uh matter of fact i'm gonna start working on it for the halloween season this year though it's a very different season this year uh but we did a whole theme to evil dolls and that was my centerpiece movie of the, that year was dolls. I made a lot of people watch. Oh, it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a, yeah. If you're going to have a movie about dolls, like I don't even think Chucky anymore. I think, no, this movie dolls. Yes. No, absolutely. So, um, so besides the lovely and wonderful Stuart Gordon and Carolyn Gordon, also Purdy, who was amazing person as well. Um, who else influences you as the horror geek? This is personal choices. Um, personal choices. Oh my god. Yeah. Like, oh, I grew up in I grew I grew up in Colorado. Um, I'd be absolutely like I'd be absolutely ignoring my heritage of living in Colorado if I didn't say The Shining. I love The Shining. You know, that's my daughter's favorite um, horror film right now. That's wild. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't even inviting her down to watch it. I had some older kids over, and so I was put on The Shining for them. And mm-hmm. Lily, my evil genius, comes up to me and goes, is that the one with the creepy twins in the hallway? And I'm like, yeah. She just looked at me with mm-hmm. this look and went downstairs. And I was like, okay. 
And she came out of it understanding it, figuring out that there was more going on. Like, she actually, like, sounded like that documentary when at the end of the Room 237 Room 237? Oh, my goodness. She she saw the subtext in the ending, like – like she's like, you know, even though the guy died, he he still got saved their lives because he got them the cat that could get out. And I was like, yes, you got it, you got it. You know, she understood the whole shining subtext. I was really shocked, and I was like, well, she really is the evil genius. So I started showing her more wow. horror films. So she's, she's smart. Loved That's that movie. smart. I yeah, she's I mad was not smart. That smart. <laughs> no, no, no. The girl is super wow. mad smart, and she's going to be, you know, the only reason why I can keep up with her is at its experience level. That's it. When she levels up, you know, I'm the boss. I get defeated. She takes over, right? So that's it. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you've got to be careful. I know. It's going to be a handful. And she's a Scorpio, too. <sighs> yeah, okay. So, my yeah, my mom, my mom is the horror was like the horror person in our family. Um, mm-hmm. And I was very afraid of everything. Um, <laughs> she is a Scorpio too, which is wild. Um, and she taught me not, not only everything about horror movies and everything about horror, but also it's paranormal. Because when I was growing up, um, she was the president and also an investigator and also the medium of a paranormal group called Para-FPI in Colorado. Oh, whoa. So that's cool. So, so wh- I grew up in some, I, I grew up like walking into cemeteries and with my, my mom has a photo of me, like maybe like four years old and with like my blankie in the middle of the cemetery at night, <laughs> just like how I grew up. And I wasn't afraid of anything like paranormal that was real. Like tell me like, there were six ghosts in a house, and one of them, like, liked to turn the lights on and off. Like, I'll go in there, no problem. You tell me Michael Myers is, like, over there. I'm like, nah, thanks. I'm going to go the other way. That's cool, though. But you also probably know a lot about ghost hunting and things like that. I went on a lot of um, investigations as a kid. <laughs> Some I, of them at my to... own house, but... Well, it worked out really well. I learned a lot, and I, um, that's, you know, most of my spirituality and, you know, like, the things the things I believe and, like, the witchiness in me, like, comes from all of those experiences, so. Well, you know, obviously, this is welcome in my circle here. <laughs> so, on uh, my title Yay. is not actually, even though I am a real sexy witch in real life, I actually, um, Archivist Bets on Sexy Witches is actually a reference to a movie. Please tell me, because I've been trying to figure it out, and I have not figured it out yet. <laughs> oh, it's definitely it's definitely a direct reference to a movie starring Richard Jenkins. I'll give you that hint. He's in the shot, actually. Oh, my God. I'm blanking completely. Okay. Um, it's it's the kitchen sink movie of all time. It's uh, Cabin in the Woods. Um, it's on the oh. betting board behind Richard Jenkins' shoulder. There's them. Yeah. I'm an arc. My day my day job is archivist. I'm actually am an archivist. Um, <laughs> I've been an archivist for the government, and I've been an archivist for pharmaceuticals, manu- uh, vaccine manufacturing, which is like crazy. 
that's a story I'll tell you off air sometime if you want to hear it, how that happened right before a pandemic. Um, so, um, yeah. But um, here I am. So I, I, that was always like, so I always notice it says archive sexy witches on it. So that's where I got that phrase from. Archivist you are, sexy com- witches. you're completely right. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can Google it. <laughs> that's wild. Also like art, Arca, like working as an archivist, like that's amazing. So my my best friend is also an archivist um, and works as um, for film preservation in the uh, Getty. So that's super cool. Nice. That's a much more glamorous job than what I'm doing right now. My job is not very glamorous at all. And uh, but my government one was kind of fun for many many years. I worked for the. Um, the civilian side of the paper records and with an emphasis on the state department records, which is like the most important collection of historical documents in the world, not an exaggeration. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. And it was called the um, central decimal file and it is everything. (laughs) It's just everything. That's the only way I can explain it. It's everything. You can look up your own name sometimes. (laughs) <laughs> oh no everything. did you I did you ever do that oh I ego search myself sure absolutely no I never found anything I wouldn't go that far back I did look for my father's stuff though which would have been more might have been there um my relatives are Native American so I did some diving looking for stuff like that but no I wasn't really looking for that I was looking for other things, but that was my job. I actually, people would write me letters and I would go to the back and then I'd slide to find it for them. And then I'd find it. So it's like historical detectives. And then I go back and, you know, and that kind of thing. And then I also worked the public spaces. And it was a lot of fun actually for many years. So, that sounds um, amazing. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Just being that person to put all these puzzle pieces together for people. Oh, and it's nerdy stuff though. Like, you know, you're looking through like, like my favorite, one of my favorite discoveries of all time, um, person wanted to know why the Americans after World War II arrested their, um, their uh, father in Germany and brought him to a camp up north. They wanted to know why that happened. And I found out why <laughs> I found it in wow. the central decimal file. And not only did I find that, I found the testimony at his hearing and I also found his diary. Um, oh, my goodness. And, and what had happened is that this guy was a member of the Luftwaffe, which is a the, the German Air Force, right, during World War II. He mm-hmm. knocked up a girl. Yeah. <laughs> um, and... They never say she's Jewish. They just say that you cannot marry this girl. You can provide for the kid, but you can't marry the girl. So well, what they does never he do? Not Jewish. Yeah, they don't say. <laughs> it doesn't say at all. It just says that mm-hmm. much, right? And basically what mm-hmm. it, the next thing it, it is, he grabs her, they pack their shit, and they go to South America because that's what you did when you were fleeing. <laughs> and they fled. And um, they raised the family down there. But the, right before um, they settled in, he got arrested and moved back up to the camp because they thought he might be alien enemy. And so he was actually interned. <laughs> it was an internment no. file. Yeah. No, he got released and he moved back home and he lived happily ever after afterwards. But I found all this stuff in the file. I was like, I, and I, it was so neat to walk up to the person and go, I can tell you exactly what happened. 
<laughs> so here you go. Yeah. There you go. Here's more. Here's more information than you probably wanted to know, and I also know this now. It's cool, and it's but it's all public record, so you know anybody can look it up. Anybody. And I tell people, yeah. real, you know, they're real like, well, there's no. I used to make the joke that I was the transparency in government. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it's really, it is weird. It's weird to know that so much is public record. Because people don't look for things like that, you know, that often. And then you realize, oh, no, there's a lot of things that I can find that are public record. If you we just have that power now. <laughs> any, any documentary, any documentary, I'm serious, should go to the archive and do research and see if there's footage or if there's something there. Because the one thing the federal government is good at being is the hands in the pot of everything. So <laughs> there's. There's yeah, all sorts true. of little agencies and little, and there's historical. I mean, there's an entire file in there on Walt Disney's visit to South America. They highlighted in that documentary. Um, Walt, I'm, Walt, I'm, Walt a, and Grupo. As an also, yeah, also as a big Disney nerd, want to know about that. Yeah, and it's public record. There's a whole box devoted to it, a third of a cubic feet. Oh my God. <laughs> wow. Okay, but not about me. Okay, I'm nerding on my own stuff. I don't need to nerd on my own stuff. Um, <laughs> now I'm doing much. I love learning about this stuff. This is so. Um, this is what I'm here for. I, I love learning and nerding out. Fun. I'm a lot less sexier now. What I do, it's very, very different records, but it's important in its own way. So I, I do my job, and I kind of, I, I, I'm also, you know, when you're an archivist, you have to also not be afraid of filing. <laughs> Yeah, so. that's gotta be. Yeah, I mean, I I also work. I also I also work um in um content curation, and then in that job, you can't be afraid of spreadsheets. You gotta nope. learn to like embrace the spreadsheet and love it like your own son. Oh, I have two databases that are like still access 2007, and I can't break from them. Oh. Uh, anyway, we won't go there. <laughs> Just uh, I mean, that's a horror film in itself. Yeah, no, seriously. I, where is my horror film about spreadsheets? Uh, I think that would be, a, there's got to be a, a, a horror film in there somewhere. <laughs> we'll have to figure I it out. I think that's a horror film that more people, like no, more non-horror people can get behind if they work in like data collection or. Maybe I'm marketing it wrong. Maybe I should market it as a lifetime movie. I think Exactly. I think I think that should be what what happens because I think we can reach more people that way and like records for records tags and all of these people that know those systems. I now have a horror movie. I think we have just made a million dollar idea right there. TM 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 TM. No one take it. So we just remember. I'll 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 flip on the TV and there's like you know your name Lauren Cope. You know, written by. I'll be like, oh yes, that. That'll be awesome. That'll <laughs> be cool. Curse your living room. Uh, yeah. All right. So, why don't you go ahead and let's replug the whole festival again because we're getting up to the ten o'clock hour and let people know where exactly where the Frida is and anything they should know about before they get there or online. Yeah, so 
the elevator pitch here is the Horrible Imaginings Horror Film Festival is going on in Santa Ana, California at the, at the Frida Cinema. Um, we are in person. We're in person second through the fifth, and you'll be able to watch the films online virtually September second uh, through fifth, and also the through the week after, so till September twelfth. Um, you can check us out at hifilmfest.com. We have links to our films, all our panels, um, tickets where you can buy in bulk as a pass holder, virtual. You can um, you can come virtual, you can come in person. We have all of that for you, all on our website. We've made it really comprehensive this year, so no matter how you're joining us, you can um, be informed and know what's going on. Also, we're showing a 30th anniversary of People Under the Stairs, so you should just come for that anyway. Oh, yeah, that's a great movie, actually. And it's got my boy in it, um, Sean Whalen, who is in a movie I'm I'm in and also produced. (laughs) So Sean Whalen's my boy. Um, Absolutely. And your boy? Huh? Oh yeah, definitely. Oh, Sean Whalen. Sean Whalen. Yeah. I'm so bad with names and faces, so I like. Yeah, he, he's the young. And I'm like, he, I know this guy. He's the yeah. good guy in the story. Yeah, no, he's he's also happens to be. A lot of people don't realize they don't recognize him, but he was in that commercial when you were a kid with the peanut butter in the mouth with amber and the milk ad. You're oh, the, he was. Oh my that's him. gosh. Yeah, so, and Sean Whalen is also in the FP films, which the, um, the FP um, I produced the next two films, FP3 and FP4, and FP3 comes out in October, and we have a festival as well, actually. <laughs> um, it's, I, I just help manage the panels and, and take all the glory as producer, but, um, you know, the director and everybody else does all the work, but, you know, still, oh, it, it's, it's, but I get to, it's another way I get to man. I haven't been able to do panels since you know COVID and stuff so now it's I get to do them again in my own way as well so thank you for the virtual aspect to it and I really hope that everything works out and I know it will I'm so excited and I hope we get to touch base in like a year's time and you're talking about next year's lineup oh definitely we we're just excited to be able, you know, especially last year with virtual, we're excited to be, you know, having a hybrid event so everyone can join us. We want to be as safe as possible, but also be there for people who want to, you know, show up in person. I'm excited to watch films with people again. Um, so however <laughs> you decide to join us, like, we're so freaking excited for you to be here. Yeah, seeing a film with an audience matters again. I'm so glad I, I got to do that for a little while. <laughs> I'm not going to mm-hmm. be able to again for a while. Um, but yeah, for a while when I was for a moment, I got to do that. And and so I will be watching you from home next weekend. <laughs> so uh, awesome. thank thank you so much for coming on the show, Lauren. Um, and Look for her on. Thank you on for her. having me. Yeah, I'm so excited for horrible imaginings and and give Jay my love, and um, you know, of and course. if you it, and if of course I'm gonna hold, I'm gonna probably if we do a true crime episode, I am going to definitely keep you in mind because Raven would yeah. love to chat 
with an equal sexy witch that can talk. About. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. Um, we oh. have we have a new. Um, sorry, we have a new um event that we had the in August called Horrible Realities. Um, it, oh, yeah. We did a couple um, documentaries, but um, this will most likely cover like documentary and true crime in the future. So, any true crime fans out there, like keep keep an eye on us because that might be part of our future of horrible realities. That's awesome. See, look, we're, we're we're timely and we're on point there. That's fantastic. So exactly. thank you again. Um, I, yeah, thank you again. I am bringing no, on a phone caller. They might be my co-host. And let me see. Hold on. So don't hang up quite yet, Lauren. Um, okay, you got it. Six, six, seven, eight. You're online with the sexy witches. Oh, Hello? you know who this is. It is him. Okay, this is my co-host, uh, Nathan Hamilton. Nathan Hamilton, this is Laura Cup. We'll have a quick crossover, kind of like when Cuomo talks to John Lemon on CNN. This is what this segment is. We're passing the mic. She gets it. Uh, so, um, so he also is a horror geek like us, but get this. He's also Amazing. a scare actor. So, yes. So, yes, I've been a scare actor. <clears throat> I actually worked my first haunted house when I was 12 years old. So oh I've been doing it for, excuse me. I'm also sick. Take it easy, my I've dear. How are you feeling? Long, I'm feeling terrible. But I've been a scare oh. actor for a long, long time. Now, I will say I was, I was sitting here listening to you ladies geeking out on Stuart Gordon and just mm-hmm. loving every second of it because I, I love hearing people talk, you know, directors I love. But I want to throw Pitt and the Pendulum into the conversation. Please do. That, oh, that my one, God. That, that, might, that one rivals, uh, rivals uh, from beyond as my favorite Stuart Gordon play. Have you all seen, have you all seen Stuck? Yes. Yes. I have seen that Stuck. One, I watched that one a couple years ago. And that one, that one um, while not outright like horror fest, like, creeped me out a lot well it was based on something that really happened which i think it was i think that's why i was so freaked out because i'm like this yeah this it's, could happen it's, it's plausible right yeah that's what makes that movie terrifying <laughs> it's absolutely possible with the Sorry, whole it could happen and it, it's very plausible thing is also why i'm not sure i could get behind spreadsheet horror that might be a little too real if he's scared of it no if he's scared of it then we know we have a million dollar idea then because this guy is only afraid of one thing (laughs) and it's snakes (laughs) it had to be snakes (laughs) everyone's got something I, I like creepy crawlies as long as they have legs Oh, you can't, you can't, like, I, I do not F with spiders ever. Can't, can't happen. See, uh, I like one, of my, one, of my favorite, one of my favorite characters I ever did at a haunted house was they let me run around the uh, parking lot at Netherworld and terrorize the uh, patrons with giant Madagascar hissing cockroaches. That was Oh, fun. no. Oh, yes. That was <laughs> oh, great. Oh, but they're really surprisingly good pets. 
I will totally defend. I could maybe do I no, you know what? I can maybe do like cockroaches. I can do most bugs. I just can't do spiders. I can do snakes, no, no, no. I can do reptiles. Fine. His and cockroaches don't look like a normal cockroach. They're actually kinda cute. They're not like the weird ones with the with the wings and no, they're not like that. You know, they're not the kind you can rip off their heads and they'll still live for four days. That's a completely different species. <laughs> Am I going to regret it if I were to Google search this right now? No, no. <laughs> No, no, look it up. Madagascar and Hissing Cockroaches. They're awesome. Great pets. And I'm, I'm not just saying They're this because so I'm a friend of Nathan. Oh, okay. They're big. They're very large. And they make they a little a big noise. part of this art YouTube channel. I, I don't know why. They, they, I think these specific bugs were part of, like, someone's, like, signature or, like, theme, icon, whatever, of their YouTube channel. I'm like, oh, okay, I've seen these before. Yeah, it was a horror but, thing. I can't remember what it was. A lot of people use them in horror, and I just see them. I'm like, oh, no, those are pets. Because <laughs> it's so different from, you know, it's like saying a, a ferret and uh, 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 the ones in Wyoming are the same, or, or a polecat are the same species. Like, a domestic ferret isn't anything like the English polecat. Like, there's no difference, but they just happen to have similar genes. They're far apart from what a, a cockroach is. So, so is it they look like they have big eyes. Yes, the better to see you with, my dear. <laughs> okay, the only, Yeah, the only bug that I don't like of that kind of size is the centipede. Giant centipedes can go jump. No, they can die. Those things are not okay. Um, but I'm not afraid of spiders or snakes. Huh? If you Google netherworld roaches and hit images, Four rows down, there's a picture of me. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Lauren's hey! awesome. Yes, absolutely. That was – I'm actually really stoked that film festivals are finding ways to get around the pandemic and still thrive because film festivals are such a vital part of the scene because a lot of stuff gets seen there that doesn't get the exposure outside of that. So kudos to you yeah. guys for keeping it going. Oh, thank you so much. We we love. We wouldn't have you know we wouldn't we're not happy when we're not showing films and you know you know showing everything to you guys and just curating the best of what is out there and communicating. So we're happy to do it. And and I was so thankful to have you on and and when he. He, I was like, I'll make time for her, and I'm really glad I did. So thank you, and you got the full hour. And go to the Horrible Imagining. Say hi to Lauren. She'll be there live. Half the reason to go is I'll to be go there. Fest- She'll be there. And, yes, you're supporting the festival, but you will also be, like, you know, supporting the people. Everyone, it's a collaborative effort. It's always hard work. And it, you'll be entertained on top of everything else. So go to Horrible Imaginings. Go see some horror. Thank you, Lauren, for being on the show. Call back at any time. And I tell you, if we do a true crimes, I'm totally calling you back on. Yeah, get me back on. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. It was so much fun. I'm so excited. I'll see you on the interwebs. All right. See you there. See you there. I was almost sad to see her go.
Actually, I am sad to see her go. She was awesome. And she can hang around for the rest of the show if you want to. Well, I mean, we 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 got to get off my, you know, I got to pace myself a little bit, Mr. Nathan, sir. Yeah, good point. <laughs> so, good point. It's nah, been a long week for me, <laughs> as you know. It has indeed. Uh-huh. We won't go any farther than that right now. They already know. I told them I was sick, so they knew at the top of the hour. I don't know how how far into the show you had listened so, but thank you for listening. I appreciate it. Um, I can most even, definitely tell that I was sick from the first sentence I said tonight. So. <laughs> okay. I, I am also very, very ill at the moment. But we're plugging along. Anyway. Absolutely. The show must go on. I know. I, I've been, I, I did this show once when I had a tick-borne illness. Do you think this is going to stop me? No. <laughs> so, I have done you this show. Going. I have I. The only thing that almost derailed the show was my divorce. I had to stop and and not do the show for a little while. But um, but then I started that was doing just it a again. Pause. It was. I had to regroup. That, you just merely had to go on a short hiatus. Yeah. I, well, and and this summer I've made up for it. So I have done a fuck mm-hmm. ton of podcasts this summer, and I've been until certain things have happened. I've been pretty active <laughs> in doing things, and you were at the we were at the unholy warfare this um, last weekend, and um, with Raven Havoc as the programmer, he was on the show on the 18th. And um, how you want to give a quick recap of what you what did you think of this year's show? This year's show was a lot of fun. It it was hot as balls in that building. It but was hot as balls this in year, that building. I got I this show showed me some things I've never seen before. Which I always say any deathmatch show that can do that after me calling them for a decade is awesome. I want someone to get hit with a bat covered in shark teeth. <laughs> And it was a huge, that, like, like it left a mark. Like, I've seen a lot of injuries on these shows. I even saw a worse injury on that show. I have never seen that much blood in one spot, dude. That looked really it, it painful. Was Brad, Brad Cash oh. hit Herzog in the back with a shark tooth bat, and it literally looked like a shark had taken a bite out of his back. It was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. He must have hit him really hard with that. You know that? Yeah, um, yeah, you, he did. If, it was beautiful. If you go to our slideshow on our on the actual podcast page on Blog Talk, the bat's there. Yes. I put the bat in the slideshow because awesome. I was like, because I had to. I mean, it was like, oh my god, that thing was like, that was like one of the. I've like I said, I've seen some injuries. That was one of the worst superficial injuries I have seen on the show, if you know what I'm saying. Like, it didn't slow her thug down, but boy, was it a mess. Uh, I'm sure there's going to be probably maybe a, a permanent scar or two from that one, I think. I think they, it hit harder than I think both of them expected. <laughs> I don't know. So yeah. that wasn't even the hardest hit I saw. What was it? Your boy, like, um, your boy jumped, did that with the, uh, oh, my God, Colt's uh, um, partner, old partner. Oh, Terry Houston. Terry Houston did the scariest fall I have ever seen over a top rope onto the ground in my life. And it he got was 30... backdropped over the top through 
what it was like just some kind of contraption of doors and barbed wire and light tubes and chairs yeah, it was, and it was just kind of this vague sh- lots of hodgepodge but he went through the whole thing <laughs> oh yeah he, every, he is not a small man he broke every last bit of it on the way down and he hit it yeah, so it was, hard he hit it like that was the hardest hit i ever heard on one of these shows and when he didn't come up at first we all freaked out a little bit. Everyone there was like, okay, is that part of, like, it was true moment of Kefe. We could not tell if he was, like, we, it was part of the story or he was actually hurt. Now, and it turned out to be part of the story. Like, he, he, he got up. <laughs> we all went, Whew. Oh, but he was, he got up, but he was, um, he took he, he a second the best for it. I can tell you that. Having having oh. been in the back and seen him when he took off his shirt, he was he was none the better for that fall. No, and, and what was even more amazing is Terry Houston took almost an equally as big hit bump on the other side of the ring later in the match. You mm-hmm. know, so uh, I, that I, old fuck can do that. That guy can bounce. I, he must be made of rubber. That's the only thing I can think of. Is he that. pretty much is. <laughs> Um, so that was like one of the standout things that for me on the show, the other one was Sage Sin Supreme, which is like your hero. And that was matched between her and Raven Havoc. And then a big finale match with the tag team. It was a lot of fun. Now I've, I've been waiting to see Sage Sin like for a decade now. Like I've been like, she's been one of those kind of like, I think of Juke Asai as like, God, it would be awesome if I saw him, but he never comes over here because he's from Japan. It was the same with Sage. It's like, well, she never wrestles outside of the West Coast. God, I'd love to see her live. And boom, not only did I get to see her live, I got to call one of her matches. Like, I've got it, one of her patches on my battle jacket, for fuck's sake. And she's really good. Like, um, she threw some really amazing acrobatics into the match. It wasn't just about smashing things, though, to be fair, the match is about smashing things because that the whole point they had more all the extra props they could put out as they could, and the the rules were they couldn't even call the bell until everything was broken, and the rest could not go in the ring till everything was broken. That was in the ring. Is that yep. correct? So that is correct. Like I'm telling you, Sage does not hold the status she holds in the deathmatch community for no reason. Like. She can go in there and go with anybody. She was taking some huge hits. Raven took a two and put her on the rope and smashed the shit out of her shoulders. And she took that bump and it was like, holy shit. You know, I think everyone did say holy shit at that point because it was so huge, Uh, you know. but, But yet, like, at the same time, like, there was, did we go into the spoiler of what happened? Uh, yeah, I think it's a, okay. If you plan on buying the show, which you definitely should, come Even back in about in, come back in a few minutes because we'll. Well, we don't know how to get hold of how to get the whole uh, show yet, but come back in a few minutes and we'll be past spoiler territory. Just fast forward a little bit. So yeah, go <laughs> yeah. for it. Okay. Okay. Good. We'll give that disclaimer in there. You've been warned. So. Um, 
the the two other guys started harassing them, right? And you, you explain it. You you were calling the match, so you you tell them. Yes, it was. So Raven and Sage are having a killer match. Yeah, it's comes, really good. Yeah, and out, out comes Chicano Power, who is a guy that we saw for the first time that I saw for the first time at TPW a couple shows ago, and Bam Sullivan, fuck that guy. And they attacked Raven and Sage. And so at that point, Raven grabs the mic and says, all right, you have to tag us from behind. Let's make this a tag team match, me and Sage versus you two. They proceeded to do, and these four proceeded to beat the shit out of each other with everything that was left. Yeah, but what was cool and is that initially they said no, and they walked off. And so – that everyone was like, "Boo, you wet chickens!" Ah, and then all of a sudden, all the other wrestlers forced them back Chased into the ring, back. and then they yep. had to go, including my girl Sarah Doc. She was in there pushing with the rest of them. They threw them, they threw yep. them both back into the ring, and then they proceeded to finish smashing everything, and it was glorious. Um, and and yep. you know, and and Raven and and Sage were like, like they were meant to be a tag team. Like their costumes even match. Yeah, and she's a she was perfect for the end of summer going into the fall because her whole character is she's the pumpkin queen. Like yeah, everything she, she does is like Halloween themed. So like she's the perfect deathmatch wrestler for the festive season. And I I really and and I'm putting a good word with the higher powers who do podcasts or listen to the show. I don't know who those would be that I could actually find a way to have Sage Sin come on this show because she's the perfect person to be on this kind of a podcast. So good vibes, good vibes. <laughs> you know, I I mean I did get my Jennifer Aspinall by stalking her politely, so you know it's possible. I can you know. <laughs> There's one more thing I want to bring up. One more thing I want to bring up about Unholy Warfare. Well, actually, two. Um, I've called a lot of Raven Havoc's matches from IWA Deep South to TPW to Person Joy, like all over the place. I've never gotten to call one in his hometown. That dude is a straight up hero to that crowd. It was a pretty good turnout. The connection he has with his hometown crowd is incredible. Yeah, he had a. It was a very nice turnout. There was quite a few people there, and a lot of them paid for the extra ticket to be up and on on the you know right there and at the ringside. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, and we're not like talking about it being safe. It's not. It's a death match. You know, if you're going to be that close and you're paying for it, just know that there's you're going to catch shrapnel. You're gonna get shrapnel, absolutely. And 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 some of the parents were cute because they brought little glasses for their kids. And so that's the right thing, you know, have some eyewear on. You know, that's really all oh, you God. need. Oh God, there was there was one point because you were sitting over there beside the uh, commentary booth where I was, mm-hmm. and we see glass coming our way, and so we just kind of duck out of the way, and we see it hit the ground, and skid, and come to rest at the feet of a man who is holding a baby. Mm-hmm. I had to and I was like, dude, just come, stand, come stand behind me. He's like, oh, okay, dude. I'm like, yeah, get, get, get out of the line of fire with your infant. There were a there, lot of babies know. there. I, I, I noticed after that baby, I looked around. There were babies everywhere in there. Uh, I was surprised. 
death matches. There were a lot of children there. I, 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 yeah, I, like I've always, there's always one or two, and they're usually between six and nine, and you know they kind of get the whole thing, and so you know they're fine. But there was some really young kids there. I was surprised. That's I guess death matches is is really for the children, just like Pinhead is for the children. Speaking so, of and, children, and there was. Speaking of children, there were some very impressive, very young talent on this show that really stood out. There yeah. was a, I cannot remember his name. Dalton was his first name. He was the, and he took on another guy, really Doug Mouse. I'll mention him again in a minute. But they had a match, and Raven came out and like, well, with a lot of tears in his eyes afterwards. Like that's what I'm talking about. This is why I gave you the shot. You keep proving yourself. Like that kid's gonna be like good. Um, also, Neil Diamond Cutter took on a dude named Corey Bryant that I really want to bring into TPW. Like, that dude, he's, he's, he looks like the slight meat baby face that would just go out there and have your regular man. But this dude has no problem bleeding all over the place and getting ultra violent, which I'm all about. And to, to do one of your first death matches against Neil Diamond Cutter, You've got to be able to bring it, and that dude to bring it. And Neil's on a a huge streak right now still. Like, Neil has – he's owned this summer. I want to say that about Neil Diamond Cutter. I don't think – I have now seen him live in four different venues and several times on TV – Right on other matches that have happened, and, you've and never he's seen not had a bad match, have you? He has not had an over. He's not been over yet. Like he's always over. He's always wins. He's yeah. he's had a he's had a perfect streak this summer. I think he's earned his yeah, shot with Murdoch. He wants to. He he called Murdoch out. Actually, I think it's time for I'm, Neil to take. I think Murdoch I think out. anyone deserves a shot at any title. Right now, it's Neil. But yeah. Mouse is the other guy that really impressed me because he not only did that match, but then he did the barbed wire match later on in the show. Yeah, he did he two matches, and two. Not only does he have a really distinctive style and carries himself differently in the ring, and to, that's, that's what makes you memorable. That's what a lot of performers don't get. But he comes out to Cannibal Flesh Riot by Blitzkid. So he <laughs> gets my vote all the way. Oh, I, I loved everything about him. He was like, yeah, no, he, he was so adorably evil um, and cute and, and badass, though, like a really good wrestler on top of all of that. His, and His look is almost like like half Jack the Ripper era street urchin and half Clockwork <laughs> Orange. I know. It's it, 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 it's. it's such a cool look. I'm I'm actually going to keep an eye out for that guy some more because yeah, I was and he he ended up doing two matches that day, which is like I I can't even imagine doing one. To be honest with you, <laughs> I'm not, I will never be able to get in a ring like that. Uh-uh. Yeah, me neither. I'll just, I feel you. I'll just I'll just I'll just admire it from from the sidelines or next to the um, commentators booth, whatever comes first. Like I said, so, there's a reason my illustrious wrestling career lasted exactly one match. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, so, but there's also another thing we want to talk about is that at one point I took you to 
Ocean City this summer, and it was at Trimpers, which has been an amusement park that's been there since 1865. And I wanted you to go see that park with me. And after years and years and years of talking about it, it finally happened. So tell people the not just the haunted mansion, but like the awesomeness of all of Trimpers, like like how special that place is, and then go into the Bill Tracy's, the gems of so that the East Coast. Right. Okay, so like the first place we went when we got there was Pirates Cove, correct? Yep, that's right. It's a fun house. Cove. Now, yeah, Pirates Cove. Pirates and Cove. That was a walkthrough <laughs> um, fun house, and that was awesome. It had you. It had the that distinct Bill Tracy feel to it and the props you could tell were old Bill Tracy props and the gag you could tell were old Bill Tracy. And there was one room where it was just crisscross prison bars all the way down that, like we said earlier, I'm an old school haunt act. Like I just looked at it like, Oh God, imagine the fun you could have in this room. And, and like, you didn't I even run people around that room for 20 minutes. <laughs> and you didn't even get to see that room in full glory because normally there's a couple of strobes going on in that room simultaneously with all the mirrors and all the bars. And it actually is a very effective thing because you're moving, so everything is just completely discombobulated. You could put a couple live actors in there, and they would just scare the fuck out of you. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, then, and so we went through there, which was – and then you know, I, I was I was having a little bit of mobility issues by then. This was this was getting later in the trip, and my back was giving me trouble. So we were like, "Which way should we go to get there?" And so we went through this one area. And as soon as I walked in, the first thing I saw was this ornately carved ticket booth that <laughs> just grabbed me. And drug me over there, and I just had to. Yeah, that out <laughs> it surprised up. me too. I was like, "What? Oh, that? Oh, yes, it is beautiful." I didn't realize you were looking yeah. at the booth. Yeah, it was it was so like so old school. It, like it reminded me a lot of some of the. It, it reminded me a lot of the uh, carvings on the pipe organ that was at the um, Myrtle Beach Pavilion, and so I look up, and then just right in front of me is an awesome carousel and above it are like when I say the carnival clown head a lot of you know exactly what I'm talking about there's a very distinctive illustration and there are those hanging above it and there's bumper cars the bumper boats excuse me over the right and it was just just a, it was the infusion of amusement park energy that you know Anyone can just walk in there and be a kid again. It was awesome. It's it's a beautiful, cute little spot. I've always appreciated it. It's one of the few bright places in Maryland is Trimpers. And but even better, when you go out through that way and hang a right, you hit the most beautiful haunted house in the on the East Coast probably, and that is the haunted ha- haunted house, the Bill Tracy design, 1964. And we wrote it twice in a row. And that's because it's awesome. I'm about to make a very big statement. Like I told you, that is now my favorite dark ride. It, Full it, stop it, it, in yep. the sentence. I that agree with you. It's my favorite. That in, and yes, for anyone listening, that includes the Haunted Mansion. <laughs> I'll that have to is, see Aaron feels about that. Full stop 
my favorite dark ride. <laughs> it's uh, perfect. It is absolutely <laughs> perfect. It's got the cars that that move you. They don't just ride; they move you. They you know, like tilt you, and like the, even down to the track is amazing. But the decorations, and you can tell they've modernized some stuff, but it, they've still kept the feel, and they've kept as much of it original as humanly possible. And I really appreciate the way they've done that. It, it's it's really and it's still got old and and new. You can so there's a lot of new scents in there, but there's also you can tell which one the vintage Tracys are. And some Tracys in there will never be taken out, like the heaving woman with the breasts. Like if they took their her out, yes, the heaving boobs. There there would be a riot going on because she's like they or used like, to use her in in advertising. So for example, they've got. The old school, uh, ta- the lady on the table with the buzz saw. That's an original. But then if you look over to the right, they've added a jigsaw mask to that display. So they've added a little modern touch to flavor an original piece instead of just redoing it. And, this and I time, really like that. The second time through... We were looking more because um, we went through. We just want to enjoy it as as the ride. The second time through is always to look for things we've missed. But we both got like classically misdirected because suddenly something that's never happened to me on this ride, and I've ridden it quite a few times in my day. There was a live actor in the ride, and he both made us jump out of our schools. Like we freaked the fuck out. <laughs> Yeah, because the famous bat um, in, on the inside doesn't work anymore. It doesn't so work anymore, Rubo's no. Staring, Rubo's staring up at the ceiling in his face and then looked back in front of us straight into the face of Michael Myers. <laughs> Whoa! Like, that dude, like, his timing was perfect. Now, I want to ask you a question about that. Because okay. I was, when I was looking to see if there was, um, if that print was available online, I noticed in some reviews that there was a couple of of dark ride purists that were upset about there being a live actor. Um, Do you think that that or takes away from the whole uh, traditional dark ride experience? I heard you. Hold on. Um, Hold on just a second. Okay. Sorry about that. I got interrupted. Yeah, it was they, actually something I needed to deal with. Um, go for it. So they had, they can, had at this, go, go for it. I'll, I can, I'll, I'm going to AFK. Can you fill in for a hot second? Yes. Go for it. Okay. I AFK. And yeah. So at this place, at Trumpers, this dark ride also had something I haven't seen in a lot of dark rides. They have a ton of merch. Like, there are a bunch of different t-shirts, which, note, if you go and look at them, they're all on the wall. It looks like they're front prints. They're actually back prints. Note that. But they also have this matted print of a painted front. I, I didn't buy it then. I'm kicking myself because I was afraid of it getting messed up on the way home. But if you can't get online, I'm going to have to... Um, and the head haunters on a mission at some point for one of those, but 
It is gorgeous. And oh, I wish a lot more of these historic dark rides would have those because I think that would be a really cool collection to have hanging on your wall. Like those prints oh, well. for the various ones, that would be so cool. So all is well. Everything's fine now. Thank you for letting me pull away. Things, as you know, are on our toes when we're live. But you know, I can filibuster, if you will. But you know, all of this is like, because did you talk about Delaware? Uh, no, not yet. I actually I talked about the. Um, I was talking about the cool art print they had there, and how I wish like all of the dark rides did that, because that would be a really cool collection to have. It would be. Um, well, we also were able to get our reach goal, and we go up now, not quite an hour north. It's Funland in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware, and we happened to ride that one as well on the same trip, because it there. But they're two completely different types of rides. Like the one in Delaware actually has in it suspended seats, and you you sit under the track. So what was that like for you to do something like that? It's not, you know, Disney sometimes will do that, like with the Peter Pan ride, but I've never seen it anywhere else. I've never seen that in any kind of haunted type dark ride. That was cool. That was a whole different experience. It's, and that one was awesome, too. It was real. I liked the, I kind of liked the fact that it was over there to the side, like it was raining, we were all kind of scrunched into the queue. It was like it was almost the perfect atmosphere to go through a dark ride. And it was a fun little dark ride too. And it, it's not as um, like Bill Tracy. Bill Tracy, his sculpts are very, very distinct and very, very class. Like everyone imitates his style. This is much more traditional, like dark ride, and a little bit more generic than what you get with the Bill Tracy. But it's still equally enjoyable. Everything's fun. They have bright little illusions. There's this one room full of skulls that are just going up and down with mirrors, and it's one of my favorite spots on a ride. Yeah, it's such um, a cool optical. The, the optical illusion makes it look like you are in like this just vast skulls. Awesome. Yeah, and and all of us love skulls. You know, the evil genius loves skulls. I know that Nathan loves skulls. So, it, we all love it, skulls. It, yeah, well, skulls are awesome. I have, I have my, I still have my skull next to me in my bed. He keeps me company right now while I'm sick. So, like they, skulls are pretty much the basis of horror imagery. It kind of is. It's just like you know, that's all that's left of us. You know, um, yep. it's the answer. The, the answer to macabre is if you go to Italy and you see the um, the tombs where the monks have made, taken their own their own skeletons and made art out of them like 6,000 monks, it's kind of, it's, you know, you go, yep, that's macabre. Yep. <laughs> that's that, that whole Memento Mori stuff. Textbook, if you open up the textbook, I bet you a picture of that is in there. Yep. <laughs> They're still using textbooks, who knows? Probably everything's a computer just like yeah. this. Um, but, but so, I encourage every everyone out there, like, even if you do, are not a dark ride enthusiast, like we are, if you're not like a historian or whatever, Still, if you're into horror at all, seek out any of these that are in your area and go check them out because it's going to be a fun time, and we don't know how much longer these are going to be around. They're just like – there used to be so many more, and they're disappearing steadily. They're kind of like drive-ins. They're like 
going away at an alarming rate in their mind. There's a resurgence in interest, but that doesn't mean that they're not going to continue, unfortunately, going away. So go see these while you can, folks. Yeah, and, you know, uh, these are all, you know, art changes and evolves over time, but there is some historical value to all of this stuff as well. Uh, and it's not just about, but there's also joy there. Um, th- these things were are beautiful. They're art pieces. They need to be saved. We need to be reminded of our past. Um, and, and, and not in ways where we just look at a book and say, oh, that looks really cool. No, no. Or we do some digital recreation which is a thing now Nathan they do for defunct rides mm-hmm. um, it's not the same keep the ride itself <laughs> we got to keep these things these things yeah. these, you know and and it's all part of it it's all part of history it's all part of Halloween for me uh, it you know it all overlaps I you know I, I you both of us you and I big surprise have a flair for the dramatic you may have noticed um, <laughs> slightly yeah just a little bit um so these things matter to us a lot, but yes, please go to seek these. They're fun. And there's, and if you don't know about one near you, come talk to us. We'll probably tell you if there is. I know where a lot Absolutely. of these places are. There's a, there's a certain energy that's inherent in horror imagery from the fifties and sixties and that era in that Halloween decorations in the in the dark rides, all that kind of stuff that really you don't find in any other era or any other style of art. This is coming from a guy with a tattoo of a 1967 Beastle skull. But there's <laughs> a certain energy in that style of pop horror art. It was, the, you know, right there with the resurgence of the monster kids and the, all that kind of stuff. And that's the energy you find in these rides. It's like vintage Halloween decorations come to life. And the best Halloween amusement parks are always the small traditional ones. Look those shows up, and believe me, we know where they are. We'll tell you, and we'll even go with you because we love doing that shit. And um, we got to go, though, Nathan, so thank you for calling. Thank you again, Lauren Culp. You were an amazing interview. I loved it. Um, We um, also, um, there's a town of Williamsburg. Made, we took a quick stop there, and, and while we were there, and we were talking about, but we never made it to the Guar Bar, but it is a Virginia Zeta song, is Odorous Ungerous. So I think tonight we're going to leave with the unofficial theme song of Virginia, uh, or the unofficial band of Virginia. I think I, Guar and Virginia go together to me forever. Like, this seriously. became the unofficial theme song of our, of our trip through Death our Matches adventures. and Dark Rides. Yeah, so here, so good night, everyone. Let's, if you're hungry, don't forget there's um, meat sandwiches. So um, next show is um, live show is going to be the eighth. Just to know, that's the big one with Brian Trenchard Smith. So be there for that one. Uh, but I might replay next week the earlier interview I did with him to remind you of what we talked about. This is actually amazing. He's going to come on, talk about his new book, and Turkey Shoot in particular. Was what, and, in the name of In the name of love. In the name of the blood. Tripping out of the sun. I call out your God. Still before me he stands. But don't send me Jesus. He's only a man.
Sandwich! 